You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ in others, and grows together in our faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the 10th Sunday after Pentecost, August 1st, 2021, by the Reverend Lex Breckenridge, Rector at St. Thomas. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. The next day, when the people who remained after the feeding of the 5,000 saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boat and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, what must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The Gospel of the Lord. This morning, as we drop in on the people of Israel, we find them in liminal space. Now, there's your word for the day, liminal. It comes from the Latin limina, and it literally means the threshold, the divide between the interior and the exterior, between one room and the next, between one time and the next. In the spiritual life, Liminal space describes a place of unknowing, a place of transition and change, a place where perhaps the old is passing away, but the new hasn't yet been born. It can be a time of anxiety and fear, but if we allow ourselves to sit at the edge of the unknown with curiosity and wonder about what's unfolding It can also be a time of creativity and growth, liminal space. So recall that Israel has been freed from 400 years of captivity in Egypt. They'd been serving their Egyptian masters, building pyramids under increasingly onerous conditions. 
Now at last, God, through Moses and Aaron, has delivered Israel out of captivity across the Red Sea and on toward the land of Canaan, the land of promise, the land of milk and honey, a land the people can call their own. But first, they got some traveling to do across the Sinai Desert into the wilderness, a place where they will wander for 40 years. 40 years. It's liminal space. A time and a place where they will come to know their God intimately. The one who says to Moses, you remember the story, Moses is tending the herds of his father, uh, father-in-law Jethro on Mount Horeb, and he looks up and he sees a bush burning. And he approaches the bush, and, 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 and the voice from the bush says, don't come too close. You're standing on holy ground, and Moses is astonished. He says, who are you? What are you? And a voice comes from the bush and says, I am who I am. Yahweh is how that's said in Hebrew, Y-H-W-H, Yahweh. I am who I am. And Yahweh will travel with the people of Israel, riding along in the Ark of the Covenant, occasionally covering them with a mighty cloud, the Shekinah of holiness, it's called in Hebrew. Yahweh is as close to them as close can be. Yet, human nature being what it is, the people aren't satisfied. What a surprise. They begin to compare their current circumstances to a misremembered, mythologized past in Egypt. You know, the good old days. The good old days when they sat by their flesh pots and had their fill of bread. You remember those good old days, don't you? The good old days of the 50s or the 60s. Well, I grew up in the South in the 50s, and I can tell you those weren't the good old days. Those were the days of segregation and Jim Crow and polluted rivers uh, that were so polluted, in fact, that they'd occasionally catch on fire. Those were not the good old days. But you've got your own version of the good old days, whatever and whenever they might be. For some of us, the good old days might be 2019. <laughs> Careful with that. <laughs> Careful with what we wish for. But, you know, it's too often the case that the good old days are, are any days that aren't the present days, if you see what I mean. The irony, of course, for Israel is that their misremembered good old days in Egypt didn't include the flesh pots and eating their fill of bread. No, the reality of those days was forced labor and starvation. They prayed night and day to God for deliverance. And when God answers those prayers and brings them out of captivity in Egypt and into the wilderness and on towards the promised land, what do they do? They grumble. They complain. They want to go back to slavery. In other words, they want to leave the unknown and return to the known. Even though the known was a place of suffering. So deeply human, right? to prefer the known to the unknown. No doubt about it, liminal space can be hard. So what does Yahweh do? Why, their complaints have been heard. Bread will rain down from heaven. But here's the catch. It's a test. 
They're to go out each morning and just gather enough bread, manna it's called, just enough bread for the day. You know, their daily bread. Well, Yahweh is as good as his word, and the next morning the ground is covered with a frost-like substance that's manna. And as the story goes on to tell us, it's sweet, it's good to eat. And the people gather it and they're satisfied. It's a sign, uh, the Exodus writer tells us, of the generosity of God. A sign of God's abundant care for God's people. Now remember though, this is a test. So, people being people, some don't trust God's generosity. They got to take matters into their own hands. So they begin to hoard the manna, store it away for a time, and they imagine God will have forgotten about them. And what happens? The manna spoils, it becomes sour. They couldn't trust God to provide their daily bread. I mean, liminal space is hard, trust is hard. But trust is necessary. Trust, it turns out, is life-giving. John, the gospel writer, clearly has this story of God's generosity and God's closeness alongside the human need to be in control uh, in mind as he tells the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, the events that follow that we read about today. Now, you remember last Sunday, I hope you remember last Sunday, A little boy offers all that he has. He's got five barley loaves and two fish. He's just got his lunch with him. He offers that up to Jesus, and that becomes a meal that Jesus himself, in his person, feeds to 5,000 hungry people. Real physical hunger is satisfied. The people want more, of course, and so they chase after Jesus, wanting to make him their king. They want to make him what they want him to be. This morning when we meet them, they finally caught up with him. They want more miracles, more signs. They remind him that God had given their ancestors bread in the wilderness to eat. Jesus tells them that while it was Moses who gave their ancestors bread to eat, it was God who gave them the true bread, the bread from heaven, bread that gives life to the world. Give us some of this bread, they say. And he rather surprisingly says, I am the bread of life. Not I'll give you the bread of life, not I'll tell you where you can find the bread of life. I am the bread of life. I am who I am, says Yahweh. I am the bread of life, says Jesus. Do you see how this closeness, this intimacy, this personalization, this incarnation of the divine energy, of the divine source of life, it gives the people all they need. They don't need a king. They need the bread of life. And it's this bread of life that gives eternal life. Jesus calls this deep nourishment the food that endures for eternal life. Please note, please note that Jesus doesn't say the food that gives you life after death. You know, Jesus is never very interested in that topic, this this topic of life after death that we seem to be so obsessed with. Jesus just really doesn't have a lot to say about that. 
I mean, what, what he's talking about today, this eternal life is this, this place of mutual indwelling with God that begins here and now before our physical bodies become exhausted. And it's this intimacy with God that can't be limited by death, that can't be limited by the exhaustion of our physical bodies. The, 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 the takeaway here is that eternal life doesn't mean longer life, but it means a life with God and a life in God. Eternal life in, in John's gospel is a matter of quality of life, not the length of life or the quantity of life. I mean, you know, eternal doesn't mean lasting a very, very long time, since even the longest time is still uh, puts us in the temporal world, you see what I mean? Eternal life means a life of intimacy with God that transcends time altogether. In that sense, it's, it's a timelessness, a timeless life of beauty and grace. That's eternal life. And it's something, my dear sisters and brothers, that we all hope for and long for. And it starts right now. So here we are this morning. Dare I say it, we are living in liminal space. It's an in-between time. As much as we'd hoped, the pandemic's end doesn't appear to be in sight yet, now that the Delta variant seems to be exploding. And of course, St. Thomas itself is in transition. The retirement of the incumbent rector, that would be me, means there's a leadership transition in the very near future, which means a time of unknowing, which means some wilderness time. And will there be some anxiety during this transition time, this time in liminal space? Sure there will. It's perfectly normal. And please, please, please remember that. Anxiety during times of change and transition is perfectly normal. And when anxiety arises in healthy bodies, in healthy communities like St. Thomas, the thing to do is to speak it, to name it. Put it out there so the community can hold it together as a community. Support one another, hold one another, listen to one another, love one another. And like the people of Israel in the wilderness who were led by Moses and Aaron, St. Thomas is blessed with wise and faithful leaders. We have a vestry made up of accomplished professionals, folks who have served St. Thomas faithfully, folks who have a vision for the thriving future that God has in mind for this place. And you're led by a skilled and dedicated staff. In fact, I'll say it's the most highly skilled, faithful, dedicated church staff I've ever seen. Father Steve, Greg, Sonny, Ashley, Doug, Natalie, Lisa Lynn, Jackie, Kevin, and Val. These faithful servants bring a degree of professionalism and dedication to ministry that's just remarkable. You know, each of these good people could be earning a lot more in other lives, but they choose to be here. Why? Because they love the Lord Jesus Christ, they love St. Thomas, and they love you. 
And then there's you. Each one of you. You're doers. You're seekers. You're the faithful. You're serving Christ and Christ's people. St. Thomas will continue to thrive with your leadership. Of course, like the people in the wilderness who had Yahweh traveling with them, covering them with the cloud of holiness, offering them bread for the journey, you will be traveling through this liminal time in this liminal space. But you'll be accompanied by the bread of life. This life is the life we're made for, my sisters and brothers. This is the true bread that we hunger and thirst for. And so we come together in this community in faith, faith that we're loved and cared and held, cared for and held. And our response to faith is gratitude. Our response to faith is giving with generous hearts, just as we have been given so generously. Yes, God gives us our daily bread. And God also gives us the bread of heaven. Give us this bread always, we say. And we hear Jesus say, I am that bread. Come to me. Trust me. Be fed. Thrive. Here is the bread that gives life to the world. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website, www.stthomasmedina.org. That's a www.stthomasmedina.org.